Such a powerful image to see those chains come off the slave. He is now free. And really, if you had to sum up, what does it mean to be a Christian? I would say that this is it. It's becoming free. See, Jesus says this. Jesus says that whoever sins is a slave to sin. And you see, Jesus, he came to rescue us. He came to save us. Now, some of us are sitting here this morning, and if we're honest, we're still feeling like a little bit of a slave to sin. We want to be freed. We want to be rescued. It's God's grace that saves us, and we receive that by faith. And some of us want to be freed, but we just don't know how. We just don't know what it looks like. The cool thing is this, that God, he gives us many examples in Scripture. And Jesus, you see, he met countless people on the road as he was traveling. He met countless people that wanted to be changed. See, they were tired of living their life their way. And instead, they wanted to be changed. They wanted a fresh start. One day, Jesus was walking through the streets of the city of Jericho, and you see this large crowd was following him. That's very typical. Anywhere Jesus went, uh, lots of crowds came, and lots of crowds followed him. And there was this blind beggar who was sitting by the side of the road, and his name is Bartimaeus. You see... When we talk about blindness in the 21st century, we have lots of amenities. We can make it work. We can make it functional to live. But you've got to understand that back then, being blind was different. It was a different story. See, if you were blind back then, then you couldn't work. Um, you were only allowed to be a beggar because you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't read. You couldn't write. You couldn't work. And, and even so, it's so bad that someone would even have to carry them out to a corner, to the side of the road, and then he would beg all day for food just to survive and live. And then someone would have to come and take him back home. You see, being blind back then, it was a miserable life. So one day when Jesus was walking by, Bartimaeus thinks, hey, this is my chance. I've got to go for it. This is where I could get my fresh start. I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And so here's what he does. He actually starts yelling, and he starts screaming above the noise of the crowd. He starts crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And this, this, my friends, is the first step of making a fresh start with God. Is number one, seize the moment. Seize the moment. You see, Bartimaeus, he said, I'm not going to miss this one. I'm going to take advantage. Jesus is coming to my place right now. I'm not going to wait I'm not going to delay. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm going to start now. And that, that is the first step to starting a fresh start in your life. See, whatever you're going to do, just simply do it now. Seize the moment. Now, here's the thing. Whenever Bartimaeus got up that morning, he had no idea that Jesus Christ was going to be passing by him. As best he knew it, it was simply just another day. Same place. Same thing, same begging, same miserable, lonely, pitiful lifestyle. He had no time to prepare for Jesus. He had no time to plan for Jesus. It was simply, literally, just an opportunity that was dropped in his lap, and he had to seize the moment. The story is in Mark 10. It reads this. As Jesus left town, a great crowd was following. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. 
When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He says, I'm going to take advantage. It's either now or never. He seizes the opportunity. He seizes the moment here. Just to pause here and to take a look at our lives. There are daily opportunities for a fresh start. We get them all the time, but we just simply just don't take advantage of them. Why? Well, it's one word, because procrastination. For those of you who know me well, know that I can speak with authority on this area. (laughs) I'll do it tomorrow. The problem is, there's always another tomorrow. There's always another tomorrow. And it's it's ironic, because procrastination makes us think that our lives is going to be easier. And yet, it actually makes it more complicated. It gets us a lot more stressed out. So here's kind of the question. It's simply this. What do you need to start procrastinating about? What do you need to start doing that you already know is the right thing? See, I think God brought some of us here this morning just so he can say to you, stop making excuses. Get on with it. Start living the things you know to do. Give me your life right now. Start living for me. Jesus says this in Luke 9. He says, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put off God's kingdom until tomorrow. Seize the day. Seize the day. The second key to making a fresh start is to tame your fear. See, if you're going to make a fresh start with God, you've got to face your fears. You've got to tame your fears. You've got to toss them out. Don't let them control you. Now, fear, see, fear is a funny thing. It has this ability to paralyze us. It has the ability to keep us from launching out to keep us from having faith in our lives. And and see, sometimes there comes a choice where it's either faith or it's fear. And if we choose fear, it does some things to us. It makes us skeptical. See, we're afraid of trying anything new whenever we're afraid. It makes us selfish. We're afraid to commit to God. It makes us short-sighted. We focus on the past and not on the future. There's a lot of fears that we face when it comes to the issue of faith and stepping over the line to have faith. But Bartimaeus, see, he faced one that many of us face, and that is the fear of disapproval or rejection. He knew that to shout out to Jesus in the crowd was not the right thing to do. It was not the socially acceptable thing to do. He knew that people would look down on him for it. But here's the thing, Bartimaeus, he was desperate. And he knew that Jesus Christ was the only one that could help him. And look what happened. When he shouted out to Jesus, the Bible tells us in Mark 10, many of the people scolded him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, and I love that, he even shouted more loudly, have mercy on me. See, when everyone, when he shouted out, everyone told him, don't do that. Shh, be quiet. See, I think the devil whispers things like that to us here in this room. When that opportunity for faith comes up, the devil says, God surely would not be interested in you. Don't make a scene. What would people think of you? See, those kinds of thoughts, they keep us from having faith. And when you see that need, that opportunity to change, to be healed, all kinds of shouts from inside of us and all kinds of shouts from outside of us tell us not to rock the boat. 
Here's kind of a fun question. Whose disapproval do you fear the most? Whoever that person is, that person is your God. Let me explain. See, that fear of disapproval, that can keep you from having faith. It can keep you from inviting people to have faith. See, peer pressure, we talk about that as if it's a childhood thing. It's not. It's for everyone here. It's for adults. See, we all face it in our lives in many, many ways. And this fear of disapproval, it's a struggle for all of us. It really is. And God is asking you to do something greater than you've ever done before. Different than you've ever done before. He's asking you to depend on him in a way that you ever have before. And don't you think that that's going to be a little bit scary? Of course it is. And in that moment, you and I have this choice. Am I going to fall back on my fear and stay the way that I was? Or am I going to look forward with faith? And am I going to step forward in faith? Seize the moment. Move against your fear. And the third key to beginning to have a fresh start is to announce your faith. Announce your faith. Go public with it. Announce your goal, your intention, the change that you want to make in your life, what God is asking you to do. Clarify what you really want and then state it publicly. You need to tell everybody because, see, here's the thing. A secret faith is a shallow faith. If you're going to make a change, you need to go ahead and make a public announcement and say, this is what I'm asking God to do in my life. In Mark 10, 51, it says, Jesus asked him, that is Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man answered, teacher, I want to see. He said, I want my sight. I want to be healed. Now, question why in the world would Jesus ask this? He walks over to a guy who's a blind beggar sitting on the floor on the ground by the road and asks him, what would you like me to do for you? I mean, after all, this is Jesus we're talking about. Doesn't he already know his needs? Doesn't he already know what he wants? I mean, he is, after all, the Son of God. Can't he read his mind? So why in the world would Jesus look at him and say, what do you want me to do for you? But here's the thing. He did it for Bartimaeus' benefit. By asking that question, he allowed Bartimaeus to go public about it, to publicly announce his faith. See, Bartimaeus said, I want you to heal me. Now, you don't ask a guy to heal you unless you believe, unless you have faith that he could do it. By asking him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus saying, I want you to heal me. I want you to give me sight. He's saying a few things. Number one, he's saying, I believe who you say you are, the Son of God. And number two, he's saying that I believe that you have the power to change me. And then number three, I believe that you can and will change me. See, by Bartimaeus crying out these things, it's a statement of faith. He's announcing it publicly. Here's the amazing thing. Jesus Christ asks you the very same question now. What do you want me to do for you? He asks it every day. What do you want me to do for you? Picture if Jesus Christ were to come to you right now and ask this question, how would you answer it? 
See, here's the thing. God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. He wants to make changes in your lives. And he wants to do incredible things in your life. Things that you can't even imagine. But you have to ask. And you have to ask in faith. The fourth key to a fresh start is to receive God's grace. At the end of our story here, it says this. Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And then immediately he regained his sight. You see, Bartimaeus here, he received the grace of God. I know there's a lot of hurt here in this room. Some of you barely made it here today. It's a miracle. Some of you are carrying major conflict, major pain, major disappointment, major grief. Some of you are quite lonely and feel that happiness has simply passed you by. You're kind of like the blind beggar Bartimaeus. You can put on a happy smile, but inside you're hurting. You're in a lot of pain. And i got to say this, that honestly I'm glad you're here. Because Jesus Christ, he wants to give you a fresh start. And the emphasis here is on this word give. You see, it is a gift from God. You don't earn it. Don't work for it. You certainly don't deserve it. You don't buy it. You just simply receive this free gift of God's grace and the ability then to make this fresh start. So regardless of what your past has been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of the things that you brought on yourself, God wants to give you this fresh start. He wants to give you grace. From John 1.16, from the fullness of his grace, we all have received one blessing after another. So how do you receive God's blessing in your life? You do it through faith. And that's why faith is the key. It's a promise that God gives us. You see, we've been in this series, 50 Days of Faith. And God's promises are going to keep coming up over and over again because they're tied to faith. Now, many of you are in situations where you've tried to change. You've tried everything, it seems like. And you may think that it's impossible. I'm never going to actually change. It's never going to be any different. But let me ask you this. Have you tried asking God for help? Have you tried receiving his grace and letting him give you the power that you don't have on your own? See, Bartimaeus, he was blind. But what's interesting is that he had just enough vision to see that Jesus was coming and that Jesus could help him out. He had enough vision to see that he needed grace. Do you? Do you realize how much grace you need in your life? Or do you just think that you can go through life all on your own? See, spiritual blindness is far worse than physical blindness. Because with spiritual blindness, you don't even realize how much you need God's grace in your life. See, God gives us grace for our daily mistakes, for our sins. And whenever you're filled with regret, you get stuck in the past. And if you're stuck in the past, then you cannot make a fresh start. We need to receive God's grace. So I don't know what regrets you're carrying, but I do know about the grace and forgiveness that God has available to us and how we can begin this fresh start, about how God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and that we can receive forgiveness of our sins. We can receive his grace and forgiveness. See, if you'll seize the moment, 
If you'll move against your fears, just put them away, toss them aside. And if you announce your faith, I need you, God. If you receive his grace, and then finally, the fifth is to take the next step. Now notice what Bartimaeus did after Jesus healed him. See, he followed Jesus on the way, on the road. In verse 46, notice in the beginning of the story, where is Bartimaeus? He's sitting on the road. But then at the end of the story, in verse 52, he's not sitting on the road. He's standing, he's walking, he's, he's moving down the road, he's following Jesus. He went from sitting to following and so what is the next step for you? For everyone, it's different. Some of us will commit to read God's word for the first time. Some of us will join a small group. Some will get baptized. Some will join this church. Some will start tithing. What is your next step for faith? See, faith, it's an action. When we talk about faith, and as we're in this series, I hope that you really get that it's about trusting, that it's about um, that it's action-oriented. It's not just saying that you cognitively believe in something uh, and then doesn't change your life. Instead, faith is action-oriented. It's movement. It's activity. It's, it's verbal. It's something that you do. In fact, the Bible says in James 2, if people say they have faith but do nothing, then their faith is worth nothing. Faith is action-oriented. So what are you waiting on in order to take the next step in your faith? See, a fresh start comes from faith. And where do we get this faith to begin this fresh start? It comes from only one source, and that's through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. And let us pray. Jesus, indeed, you noticed a blind beggar. Amidst all the crowds, you noticed this man Bartimaeus. You saw him, you had compassion on him. He cried out to you, Lord, and you healed him. In the same way, Lord, we can identify with Bartimaeus, that we can recognize that we want to change, that we don't want to live the same way that we always have been living. And that we cry out, have mercy on us, Lord, and it's our prayer that you forgive us and that you heal us and that you make us new. In all this we pray, amen.